Welcome to Buzzed with Brian. I am your host, Brian. We're going to talk about beer, the history, and drinking. Hey there, beer fans. Welcome back to another episode this week. I am down in Tampa Bay, Florida. That's right. Took a bit of a trip from Wisconsin, and I am joined by Ryan Dowdle. He is one of the co-founders of Angry Chair Brewing. Uh, for Wisconsin people that are familiar with Untitled Arts, you may recognize that because they've certainly done a couple collabs with them in Wanakee, Wisconsin. And I'm really excited to be down here in Angry Chair space today. Ryan, thanks for so much for joining me on the show. Oh, glad to have you in, uh on Wisconsin. Yes, sir. On Wisconsin. That's right. Off mic, you told me that you uh, have some ties to the Madison area. Yeah. Attended school there, uh, 97 to 01, and uh, some of the best times of my life and one of the best decisions I made. <laughs> Love yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to have a fellow Badger on the mic today. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Um, so going into today's show, what are we going to be drinking today, Ryan? Uh, we have uh, Vodnik, which is our Czech-style Pilsner, and uh, you have uh, Barrel-Aged Simple Math, which is part of our Super Rat set that we le- release every Tampa Beer Week. And that mm-hmm. is a bourbon barrel-aged Imperial Sweet Stout with uh, cinnamon, toasted pecan, and uh, coconut. Perfect. Well, yeah. I'm excited to get into those a little later on, and we'll get on to today's show. Sounds good. All right, Ryan, thanks again for joining me on the mic today. Very excited to be chatting with you and hanging out here at Angry Chair. And I really appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, man. Thank you. Um, and then to start things off, uh, tell the audience you know, a little bit more about yourself. What's been your journey with beer? And how did you end up being a co-founder here of Angry Chair? Oh, man. Uh, well, I grew up in uh, Sarasota, Florida, for the most part. Mm-hmm. My parents retired there. And then, um, obviously, consumed a couple of beers in my time prior to being the age of 21. <laughs> sure. And uh, Florida was definitely a wasteland of beer, a lot of macro products. But mm-hmm. uh, then, obviously, when I went to uh, Wisconsin to, to attend school, um, I was kind of dumbfounded by all these local breweries, which you know was not craft, in essence, to me. It was just uh, mm-hmm. local communities supporting local businesses that happened to be producing beer okay and i thought that was really unique you know obviously from where i come from it was nothing you never saw that Mm -hmm. so going to the bars on state street and then madison you know seeing the glaris and you know lining cools and point and right berghoff and Mm -hmm. tyrina and yeah i just kind of got myself into it and i really liked how for the beers were and so i just started drinking those beers while attending school and after leaving school, I moved back to uh, Florida. I moved to Tampa, mm-hmm. and realized quite quickly that we had it really good in Wisconsin. And um, yeah, <laughs> and uh, so I was trading or having my friends from school and uh, friends that I've known say, "Hey, can you pick me up some beers and ship them down to me?" Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really unique is that I was at a bar with uh, a friend of mine. And uh, we we're just talking beer, and this gentleman next to me is like, "Hey, man, you really know your beer?" I'm like, "Nah, I'm just a big fan of it. Sure, I like, it. Mm-hmm. And, like where I'm, where I'm at school, it's just a, a different uh, community of beer." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Well, hey, man, uh, me and another buddy just have drink these beers from around the world, like every Tuesday night at my house." That sounds amazing. Yeah, and I'm like, "This is weird. Like, I never met this guy." And right. uh, he's just like you know, soliciting me to come over to his house and drink beers, and I'm like, "This is strange." And he gave me his number, and. Uh, 
couple of weeks go by, and I'm like, man, I got I got all these beers from Wisconsin and mm-hmm. around the world, and I'm gonna give him a call. I had nothing going on that night. Sure. So I call him up, go over to his house, had a blast. Okay. And, um, you know, we, I was on Ray Beer and Beer Advocate at the time, and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, having some of the beers that I was seeking out, and then me bringing some of the beers, it just I thought it was really unique. Well, that that guy turned out to be Joey Redner, who was the founder of Cigar City Brewing. No kidding! Yeah, wow, what, yeah. A, what, a, then, uh, what a coincidence to walk into that. Seven or six—that's <laughs> amazing. Um, <laughs> actually, yeah, I think it was two thousand five. Uh, okay, and uh, just started going to these tastings, and that that group of was well, three or four of us at that time grew to like fifteen by the time you know he was starting Cigar City, and right? Mm-hmm. Other people growing up and uh, you know having kids and stuff, and not being able to attend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I worked in a finance job at that time, and we were laying off people. And I knew it was coming, so I got to um, be a little bit proactive and had an opportunity with a um, a, a beer bar and uh, was approached and was able to work for them, knowing that I was going to get laid off pretty shortly mm-hmm. and uh, really dive into maybe just as a placeholder. Like, okay. hey, I'll make some money. I had a kid coming. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was uh, the Brass Tap. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, worked for them for some time and partnered with them, and we, uh, we grew Back when I think it was more destination drinking happening at the right. time, mm-hmm. and uh, had a great, really helped grow the company and had a great time. Learned a lot about this industry, and we started franchising uh, at the Brass Tap, and um, I didn't want to be a part of that. And okay. at that time, uh, Joey from Cigar City was aware that I'm, I'm getting out of there, mm-hmm. so he brought me on to help um, expand his front of the house. Oh sure. Um, mm-hmm. Since I was a little more versed in that, so they expanded their tasting room and some other things and was hired on to do that. And obviously he was aware that at that time I was also looking to start my own brewery mm-hmm. and did that. And uh, obviously he's a wealth of knowledge and the people that surrounded him were. So it kind of helped me learn mm-hmm. some things that to do, not to do. And mm-hmm. worked at Cigar City for about two and a half, three years. And we opened up Angry Chair in uh, late 2014. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So almost, uh, I guess, nine years. Nine is, years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, coming up on that. Yeah. So, how was that? I mean, from the get go, when you started your working at Cigar City, you knew that you wanted to start this project. Is that, yeah, is that I correct? knew prior to even starting mm-hmm. Cigar City. Okay. Years. Yeah. So, how long did it take to settle on? You know what the you know like what you wanted to have it be a big component of your brewery and like the identity. Like, how talk me through that. Um. Yeah. It was. You know, I, I the first thing is uh, I, I knew the brewer that I wanted, um, mm-hmm. and was very fortunate for him to to take the job. And um, you know, it's a friend of ours, and I partnered with uh, my business partner Shane, mm-hmm. and it was someone we knew each other. We liked each other's company, but we weren't um, buddy buddy, so to speak. And I always found that to be paramount with starting a business is obviously working with somebody that you can have an opposition. You you can. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily agree. It's not buddy buddy because it's business, right? And um, mm-hmm. and it was a risk not knowing him and him not knowing me. But it's obviously worked flawlessly. Um, yeah. <laughs> not to be pompous, but we really yin and yang off of each other. Um, we we've never really have had a disagreement, mm-hmm. and um, so just starting the 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 pillars, so to speak, in the business and getting incorporated and then dealing with the state and the federal, mm-hmm. which is uh, a, a discussion that could be a whole podcast. <laughs> sure, um, no doubt. <laughs> but, uh, you know, as to starting like what we wanted to do, I always find that kind of an interesting question is that I think a lot of people, you know, I, I feel like people that have projections, mm-hmm. are, it's comical because I can tell you the 
biggest fable in the world, and that, that is a projection to me. Right. We don't know what's truly going to transpire. Mm-hmm. And um, we just started making beers. Uh, I hate the cliche, brew the beers that we like to drink. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we knew there was, at that time, uh, a very mixed um, portfolio of beers being, like, you know, kettle sour beers and lagers and IPAs and stouts. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, even back then, Saison's were big and all that. So yeah. we were just brewing beers that we liked and, and continuing to uh, just develop um, what we like to drink. And I think when people come into this industry as a brewery and they say, I'm going to make these four beers and they're going to be my core beer. Sure. Or mm-hmm. these are the beers we're going to excel at. Mm-hmm. I hope it works. And, yeah. I, and, and it has. Uh, but I feel like as an entrepreneur, it's very uh, imperative that you obviously let your clientele dictate what your growth model may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, have uh, to yeah. Meet consumer demand, <laughs> yes. no doubt. <laughs> so we obviously were trending in some things in the brewery, and mm-hmm. then obviously the stouts were very, very popular. IPAs were, uh, and always will be, well, always are very popular. Mm-hmm. So we started brewing them and just tweaking them, and then we started getting this following for you know these big, sweet, uh, you know, lactose stouts. For sure. And I uh, mean, I saw the line from Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay Beer Week yeah. that you had wrapped around this place. So it's very fortunate <laughs> yeah. to have, and mm-hmm. it's, it's wild. And, uh, and then here we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so why Angry Chair? Why the name? Where does that come from? Um, it's it's a story from my growing up, um, and it's just a realization. It's just a it's a it's a piece. It's um, it's just a piece of imagery realizing that there's things that we have to deal with in our life. My, my father would always say, you know, you got to deal with this angry chair. Okay. And it's, it could be going to church, going to work. Mm-hmm. It's a realization that you have something you have to deal with as part of your life. Absolutely. And then there's those brief moments that we look away from that we don't really like, understand that we can celebrate being away from it. It's mm-hmm. just part of life. We have to deal with crap. Right. And stuff we don't want to do. <laughs> My dad always said, I got to deal with this angry chair. And, and I never understood it. And he said, hey, one day you'll have it. Okay. And I'm like, you know, listen to me now, but leave mm-hmm. me later on kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, whatever, dad. And then uh, after school, I took a job in finance. And I realized at that moment, like, uh, I have an angry chair. And I'm like, God damn it, dad was right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. Just It's just a, again, just a focal piece realizing that there's things that we have to deal with that is part of our lives. But take a moment to celebrate the times that, you know, where it got you and mm-hmm. the celebration that you can get away from your angry chair. It's For what sure. you make of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we could have made a brewery called, you know, sloppy flip flop. <laughs> that'd been just fine. Right. But, right. uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much in a nutshell what it means. I like that. That's yeah. mean, that, that's nice that it's meaningful to you. And I think from a patron's perspective, like, the thing that pops in my mind is like alcohol is kind of or enjoying beer and enjoying company and, and mm-hmm. having good conversation with beer being in the forefront. Like, gets me distracted from my angry chairs of life so 100 mm-hmm. yeah. i'm glad it, i'm glad it works yes yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um well i really appreciate you sharing the story and letting us know a little bit more about angry chair and we'll move on to our next segment sounds great all right ryan so as we're sitting here i'm kind of in like the lounge area at least I think this is kind of loungish um, of the brewery taproom space. For people that maybe have been here many a times, or people that have never come, what is like what what can the normal patron walking through the doors of Angry Chair expect? Like, what is there to do? What does the taproom look like? What kind of beers do you have on? I mean, we talked about that a little bit already, but just give a, a verbal visualization of the space. 
Uh, well, the taste room space is uh, roughly 3,000 square feet. Mm -hmm. um, we do have an overflow room that we're sitting in and slash event space. Yep, okay. Um, but as you walk in, um, you'll be you'll see a bar and you'll see some some seating mm -hmm. and as you wrap the corner you know we do have a full kitchen now okay um, and we just kind of concentrate on well executed bar food you okay. know there's mm -hmm. a lot of really good food options in this neighborhood and I believe that um, so <laughs> yeah. you know we just want really simple well executed mm -hmm. you know food um, greeted by a, a friendly staff um, for mm -hmm. sure but you know we, we started in uh, the, the original location was 2,980 square feet total. Okay. Total. Wow. Including that, production space. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we had roughly 900 square feet as, in a tasting room, and we had four parking spots, okay. five with a handicap. And mm -hmm. uh, so now we have 78 parking spots. We have, again, 3,000 square feet mm -hmm. for just uh, our tasting room. Um, but we wanted to mimic as close as we could to what we set up at our original location. So sure. it's very industrial, mm -hmm. um, a lot of uh, ironclad, metal, and then wood. Um, and we try to mimic the best we could over here, and I think we did a good job. We worked with the same um, uh, you know, artists and uh, developers that pretty much did all of our woodwork, mm -hmm. um, our furniture, and we just wanted to kind of keep the old with the new. Okay. And I think we did a good job of it. Um, but if you're at the old spot and come to the new spot, it's quite the difference. For quite sure. Difference. And when did you move? How long have you been here now? Uh, we opened up late August of oh. last year here. Okay. Okay. Um, and it's been, it's been great. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming, obviously, the production space has also increased in size then, too. So, yeah. The mm -hmm. whole 2,980 square feet total, mm -hmm. and now we have that in the taste room, and the, the complete building 16,300. Wow. Okay. So, a lot of mm -hmm. production space, a lot of uh, space for barrel aging. And, mm -hmm. Yeah. And speaking of barrel aging, um, this is something I want to kind of add on here. Uh, obviously, you've done a lot of collaboration brews with, I'm sure, people within the local area. Yeah. But also, tell us a little bit about your relationship with Untitled Arts and Octopi Brewing in Wanakee, Wisconsin. Um, obviously, I'm biased. It's, mm -hmm. it's Scotty, uh people. But uh, I have a really good relationship with Levi Funk. Um, mm -hmm. I think he's one of the... Uh, one of the genuine people in our industry, mm -hmm. very creative, and uh, is very fortunate to have a facility at Octopi that can do pretty much everything. Yeah, <laughs> it's like really wonderful. That's what it seems like. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we got to know him uh, over the years, and uh, was approached to to brew a beer with him, mm -hmm. and obviously jumped at it. And uh, it's been very unique. You know, I feel like collaborative beers, and, and I'm not faulting anybody for doing this. Is uh, you know, I know you, you know me, we have a good time, we have right. some beers, let's, let's brew a beer together. That's great, that mm -hmm. is part of the thing, but I think at Angry Chair, we've always tried to, let's do something collaborative that we can challenge each other and also mm -hmm. learn from each other, different practices and uh, processes, and that's something Levi and I and our production team has always done is, we've done very similar beers, mm -hmm. but it's, the process has been unique every time. For sure. And the adjuncts have been unique and just, it's very fun to work with somebody cerebral like Levi, Levi mm -hmm. and um, his team. Sam is his production guy and very talented. Mm -hmm. And um, it gives me a reason to go back to Wisconsin and hang out. So, <laughs> sure. and it's a business trip, so that's even better. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I think it's nice to see. I mean, everyone's just at the end of the day, you want to make great beer, and it's nice to kind of continue to push the edge and learn uh, from others that are also doing great things. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I 100% agree with that. All right. Well, speaking of beer, let's uh, let's get into the beers we have at hand. Sound good? Sure. 
All right, so my favorite part of the episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the beers we have here. The first one that you poured out for me is the Vodnik, which is a Czech Pilsner, correct? Correct. correct. Awesome. And I love that, I mean, I feel like the Czech style, Czech style Pilsner, like especially the dark Czech style Pilsners is becoming a little more popular, certainly up in the Midwest where, where we are. Um, and I was really excited to see that you all had a side pole uh, tap handle to give it a, a very proper pour here. So what can you tell us about this beer? What kind of goes into it? Uh, it's it's our baby. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're known for stouts and some other beers. And I debatably would like to think a lot of people know us for that beer itself. Mm-hmm. We brewed that beer four years ago. Um, okay. And it's a style that... Uh, we all love and mm-hmm. liked it, and we, we took a chance because at this time, you know, lagers are obviously present, but not as mm-hmm. they are now. Yeah. Um, and I've always liked a Czech-style Pilsner body-wise, and I'm a huge Saz hop fan, so okay. we pretty much, it's very simple beer, just 100% Pilsner malt, and we do something unique is that we do a slight dry hop okay. on this beer mm-hmm. for some more aromatics, um, and it is our number one selling beer. Um, wow. It really is. Everyone's <laughs> like, oh, it's got to be this or that. Mm-hmm. When it's on, it's something that's been difficult to keep up with. And now with our new facility and having lagering tanks, you know, at the old spot, we had to tie up a conical for 90 to 110 days. Right. Mm-hmm. And now we have some lagering tanks so we can, we're can able to keep up with the spirit. And that is the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, with a new brew house, we're able to do some decoctions okay. and step mashing and stuff. So. I think the beer is only going to get better, and we're looking forward to it. And um, it's a beer that our whole staff loves. And I believe it. <laughs> it's really cool when we actually come in here, and they're like, "Hey, I'm from you know Milwaukee, or I'm from Omaha." Mm-hmm. And the first thing they order is a vodnik. Mm-hmm. Is really gratifying for us. Absolutely, and, yeah, love that. Yeah. Um, and what does this beer weigh in at? What is? I mean, it's got to be a little more on the sessionable side, right? It is. It's yeah. right at mm-hmm. about five and a half percent. Five and a half percent. Yeah. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think the biggest thing I like about this beer, and I think the side pull tab really accentuates it when you get that nice little dollop of like creamy head on top, yep. but it has some really nice fruitiness to it. And then the sauce hops, just a little bit of spice, a little mm-hmm. bit of bitterness on the end. It's a really well-balanced. I, I, I mean, I, I speak highly of pretty much every beer that's on the show, but I really am enjoying this one. It's very, I'm glad very good. That. that means a lot to us. Mm-hmm. Really does. Yeah. yeah, it's very tasty. Um, is there any other, I guess on the Czech Pilsner radar, obviously like this is a baby of the brewery no doubt mm-hmm. is there any other czech pilsners that you guys have dived into or is this kind of like this is our core czech pilsner that's our core czech pilsner mm-hmm. we're actually brewing a dark czech lager okay. mm-hmm. um we do a bohemian pilsner or german pils uh, yep. uh pretty regularly and then the other beer that we're keeping up with or trying to now is uh our american light lager okay and mm-hmm. it's called full circle and mm-hmm. and uh but yeah it's primarily these lager teams are going to be holding vodnik full circle and then one or two of the other lager tanks will be experimental or collaborative. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. That's exciting stuff then. Very I'm nice. Very, very yeah. excited about that. <laughs> Brewers are as well. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. All right. So that's the light side of things that we have in our glasses today. Let's move over to the dark beer that you poured for me. This is the Barrel Age Simple Math. Correct. Mm-hmm. So what can you tell us about this beer? Um, well, it's part of our, our Super Rad set, which you know we released for Tampa Beer Week. And okay. We, we changed the lineup year to year You know with the a couple of beers staying the same mm-hmm. um so that is uh imperial sweet south so our imperial sweet south will contain lactose mm-hmm. um and that was in barrels i believe i think it was a little over 18 months um bird wow. barrels okay and um you know our process with with barrel aged beers is uh i think a lot of people say well what's your age name and, you know is it 12 months you pull it beer's beer it tells us when it's ready right and mm-hmm. um 
you know, we do adjunct pretty, pretty heavily. Yeah. So we like to keep them in barrel, trying to get that very spirit forward mm-hmm. because of the idea that we're going to throw in this case, barrel age simple math has, you know, coconut cinnamon and, um, and toasted pecan. Okay. So I, I got the nuttiness and I was wondering about the, I was like, there's a little bit of heat in there and I couldn't figure it out. And the cinnamon's yep. kind of shining through. It's nice. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a beer that we make without being barrel aged. It's called simple math. And, uh, mm-hmm. it's a fun, fun beer for, of ours. Uh, I really liked how it came out this year and mm-hmm. it's unique with barrel aging is, you know, you, you can be as, you'd like to be as consistent as you possibly can, but <laughs> right. you know, you have this variable that is the barrel mm-hmm. and different types of spirits. And, um, so it's always unique and, mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of exciting for us is that, you know, we have an idea and we try to implement that idea, but it's what comes out of it. It's always like, it's always gonna be slightly different. Yeah. And we're really happy with this year's version of that beer. It's very, very tasty. And yeah. like the palate of it is just the mouth. It's wonderful. Like it doesn't, Sometimes I feel like the really heavy stouts can almost have like the sticky, like syrupiness to it. Yep. But this is like more of like a creamy, silky texture. And it's really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Glad to hear that. Thank you. Wow. Well, two great beers. Thank you so much for sharing these. And uh, let's wrap the show up. Sounds good. All right, beer fans, that wraps up today's episode. Thanks again for joining me this week and every week. And Ryan, thanks so much for joining me on the mic here. I really appreciate the time. Pleasure. And uh, Ryan, before we wrap things up here, ultimately, you know, it's I've had two really great beers, and obviously you have a great reputation. So if people aren't already convinced to come down and check out Angry Chair here in the tap room and try your beers in the tap room, where else might they find the beers out in the wild if they're looking on store shelves? Uh, we do a little bit of uh, limited distribution here locally mm-hmm. uh, mostly in Hillsboro mm-hmm. and Pinellas County and a, a little bit in Orlando okay um, you know now with the new facility that we will make more beer so we'll start seeing a little bit more beer but not as much as people think mm-hmm. um, we're very fortunate to have a busy taste room so this yes. is obviously <laughs> the best place to come get mm-hmm. it um, we do send a little bit of beer up to our friends in Wisconsin um, mm-hmm. uh, Pequot distribution has been great to us um, it, it's been crazy going to um, you know, Untitled Arts Festival or Levi's Festival before mm-hmm. the Great Taste of the Midwest. Right. Mm-hmm. And first time we were invited to go up there and pour, just seeing the turnout for our beer was surreal being that, you know, I had some time in Madison mm-hmm. and got my education there. And then, you know, it just, it was surreal to me. Oh, yeah. And, and then uh, we had an opportunity to send some beer. They approached us and it's not something we like to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just made sense. And to put beer in a place that I hold dearly in my heart was yeah. something like, I'm like, we have to do this. <laughs> and it's been great. And it's been 100% great. So you'll see it here and there in uh, Wisconsin and Milwaukee. They have, I believe, Milwaukee. I'm sorry. They have, sorry, they have Wisconsin, Minnesota, and I believe Iowa. I'm not sure. sure. I could see that, yeah. like the eastern half of Iowa in that kind of corner. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we uh, well, we start making a little bit more beer, and then if we have uh, some beer to to spare, I'd love to get up to Wisconsin and uh, the Midwest. And for sure, uh, it's, uh, it's a near and dear place to me. I, I love I love yeah. to hear that. Yeah. And uh, from the Wisconsin's perspective, I, I have a couple buddies that like they really love angry chair so they're excited when they see the stuff on the shelves too so i appreciate you guys uh, sharing the I, love I still, up there it gives me goosebumps it's mm-hmm. just like yeah it's great to hear <laughs> yeah. um well with that that'll wrap it up is there anything else that you want to chat about before we sign off here no i just uh, appreciate the opportunity mm-hmm. um you know it's one person talking but it, I, I truly have a lot to thank for my the team around me mm-hmm. uh, 
from production to administrative to the the front of the house to our kitchen for sure we have very talented people and we all make this thing work and mm-hmm. and um, i'm very fortunate to have some great people and smarter people than myself for sure around mm-hmm. me to make this thing work well i'm sure they're glad to be a part of the the team here i hope so yeah, yeah. Hope so. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for us today, folks. Um, If you're not following Angry Chair on their social media or check out their website, I think that's probably the best place to stay in tune with what they've got going on and brewing up. And as always, follow along with Buzz with Brian on my Instagram. I'll post about this episode and all episodes to come. If you want to see anything specific on the podcast here or any beers or if you want to hop on the mic yourself, feel free to shoot me an email at buzzedwithbrian at gmail.com. And then can't wait to get back on the mic again soon here and enjoy another couple beers. Ryan. Cheers, beers. Cheers, beers.